podcast biblical questions. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day today to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. Please, if you have a Bible question, want to find out more information about us, how to contact us, you can do so through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find out more about us. There is no S on the end, and that seems to get people confused, but it's just biblicalquestion.com. Today we're going to answer a question that did come in through our webpage, and the question is, what is the duties of the preacher? That's a very interesting question. I don't necessarily ever hear that one very often. Everybody seems to know what that is, apparently, uh, but they may not always really know what the answer truly is from the Bible. And if you have a Bible, please follow along. We're going to start off here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read the first five verses here. If you do not have a Bible on our webpage, if you click on the link of uh, the daily Bible verse that will take you to another webpage that has a whole list of different Bibles, different versions, languages, so on and so forth that you can follow along. It, it is free to you if you cannot afford your own Bible or don't have a Bible app. I would encourage you if you can afford to, to download a Bible onto your phone and listen to it. That would be really nice. And, I think you would be rewarded for, for such a thing in your spiritual walk. You'd have more time with God's Word. So, I'm not surprised uh, that there's confusion about the duties of a preacher. I have noticed that this seems to vary from congregation to congregation, uh, even really from denomination to another denomination. But the New Testament does provide us with an answer to this question in 2 Timothy chapter 4 starting in verse 1 says I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season reprove rebuke exhort with great patience and instruction and down into verse 5 it says, But you be sober in all things, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. You know, really, I've lost count the number of times I was told in church meetings or men's meetings or board meetings, whatever they were called from various uh, congregations, to stop preaching sermons that made people feel guilty about their sinful lifestyles. Do not rebuke people who are living in a lifestyle that some may or may not agree with. Here lies the issue in the church today, listeners, especially in America. I can't speak for the entire world because I haven't been in the entire world. I've been in a lot of countries, but not the entire world. We have lost this understanding. It is a scriptural understanding that we, by nature, are sinful. 
Christians should not be out there sinning freely and believe there is nothing that should be said or done about it. Granted, the church may not know every sin that we commit. But those sins that are committed openly and freely, really honestly, need to be addressed. The role of the preacher, if you read this text, is to be ready to preach the word. Preach the word of God. You should be ready to do that. No matter what, no matter where that topic may or may not be, what block of scripture that may or may not be, whatever book that you're teaching or preaching through, and I love to, love to preach through books because if a topic came up and somebody got mad and just say, hey, look, we're preaching through the book of Judges. And that just was the next chapter. So, you know, the Bible kind of picked the topic for us. And so that usually takes a lot of fire out of people and their steam to want to fight you uh, because you've just stepped on their toes, basically. None of us like to be rebuked. I mean, it really goes against the mindset that we are our own God. Fire, hell, and brimstone type sermons seem to be the thing of the past in most Christian circles. I didn't say all, but most. You know, as much as I enjoy eating ice cream and cake and all those desserts, I, I know I cannot just eat those things continuously without damaging my health, putting on a lot of unnecessary weight, risking my blood sugar levels, and so on. I know I need to eat vegetables and fruits and, you know, and have this balanced meal, these, a balanced life. And that same application could be made in our, in our sermons and Bible studies. We need to have a steady diet of the entire Word of God. I know if you're a regular listener, you hear me state that a lot. And there's a reason I state that a lot. I've been around groups, all I talked about was certain Bible topics. And that was the only Bible topic they talked about because it was in a comfort zone and it wasn't going to offend anybody. So those who are seeking out to be a preacher should not take this responsibility lightly. I, I promise you, it is not all glamour and pie in the sky. As a preacher, I've had more tribulation from those inside the church or from those claiming to be Christian than those outside of the church. And I understand this is not true in all parts of the world. I, I know that. I have family who's persecuted for their Christian beliefs. And they are not in the United States. But also, back up into our, our text that we just read. Notice this in verse 2. With great patience and instruction. This is really a must for anyone wanting to be a preacher. It may not be the easiest thing for us to learn as preachers. Or want to follow. But we need to tr do our best to have great patience and we need to have instruction for those who will listen 
Jesus was a very patient preacher. I mean, if you really study the life of Jesus, the gospel account, he gave perfect instructions each time he opened his mouth. Everybody who wanted to hear the word of God, he told them, and he said so patiently. And once a preacher learns that he cannot control others in any way, that he can only control himself, I mean, this is going to go a long way in helping others. And I think Jesus really understood that. Again, Jesus' great persecution came from within the circles of his own Jewish faith, his own believers. Rome really didn't care. I mean, here's Jesus. Honestly, uh, this is a homework assignment for you, kind of off subject a little bit. But Jesus preached and taught, pay your taxes and love your enemies. Something that Jewish people really didn't want to hear. Okay? And so, that wasn't politically correct in the Jewish circle. Okay, backing up again into our text. Verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. Okay, again, this is something that the church, I know in America, is plagued with, and really around the world, I'm sure. Uh, one thing about persecution, it generally gets rid of false teaching pretty quick. But the church is plagued with false teaching. The church in America and the Western Hemisphere is just plagued with humanism and syncretism. And those are some pretty big words. And we're going to try to go over those here in a moment. Most people, honestly, they don't even realize they have fallen into these traps. It just seems normal to them. They don't realize it because, quite frankly, they've opened the door to false teachings. And we continue to hear on a daily basis, every Sunday morning, you turn on the TV or the radio, everyone's right. Uh, there is no wrong. There's an old song, How Can Everybody Be Right? Yeah, can't be. Not everybody's right. We need to trust where perhaps we should not be trusting. Just because a preacher says something does not always make it true. That's why I, I always encourage you as a listener to open a Bible and follow along. I cannot think of any lifestyle that is not talked about somewhere in the Bible and what God has to say about those lifestyles. So when you have a preacher who tells you it's okay to practice homosexuality and if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And yet, honestly, you'll find a church that will teach that. You'll find a church that will approve anything that your little heart desires because they want you sitting in their building and they want your money. They don't care about your soul. They don't care about salvation. They only care about this world. You can have your have this world now. You can have your best life now. Verse 4 would say, 
you you have turned away from the truth of God's word when it is clear God has never approved any such lifestyles since the day he said let there be light he's never approved any of that stuff and I know we're taught and we're bombarded with this idea that God is a God of love peace joy happy it's just one big happy candy store ice cream store um, desserts and that's sad because that's not what the Bible is about completely God is a God of love? Absolutely. God's a God of peace? Sure. He's also a God of wrath, and he's also a God of laws, and he does not like his law being broken. That law is there really to protect us, uh, not to make us bitter, or make God to be out to be a, a mean, mean, meany, meany guy. Okay? There, and this idea in some Christian circles... I've heard it preached. Couldn't believe it when I heard it. That no matter what God people serve, no matter how they worship, what they really believe or what they don't believe, that there are different paths to heaven, that this blending of religions into the Christian preaching and teaching is called syncretism. And this is really a very dangerous area and anyone teaching these ideas really needs to be avoided. They need to be called into repentance. The odds are they're not going to uh, repent. They're going to keep talking what they really want. No matter how popular they might be on television, I've noticed there's some folks that are on every channel on Sunday morning when we're trying to get around. Uh, they're all over the radio every Sunday morning. The same people. But Jesus makes it very clear. And if you are a Christian and you really believe that Jesus is the ultimate authority, that he is God, and whatever he says, we need to listen very carefully and heed warnings and follow the instructions. John chapter 14, in the first uh, six verses here, is Jesus speaking. He's at the Torah. Uh, the end of his ministry and he says here do not let your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many dwelling places I know a lot of people think oh these big mansions and we're all going to get it doesn't say that at all in the Greek it says dwelling places place to live if it were not so I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Oh, he's going to return. And I will receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Verse 4. And you know the way where I am going. Notice here. Here's Thomas. Everybody calls him Doubting Thomas. But he's just asking the questions that probably most of us would ask if we were sitting there, or at least have it, if we're, Thomas is just brave enough to open his mouth and ask. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And notice this, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Hopefully, prayerfully, your preacher does preach Christ is the only way to heaven. The Bible does not and has never accepted any other types of worship, any other types of gods, any other paths. Being the preacher is not always popular. People do not always want to hear the truth. You don't believe me? Ask Jesus. I mean, he was executed for his preaching. The prophets of the Old Testament were often killed for and persecuted as well for teaching and proclaiming the message that God had told them to proclaim. And I already know, somebody's going to email me or send me a message through the, through the webpage and tell me that all the martyrs, prophets were martyred. All of them were killed. And I would agree with you, but there's going to be one exception that I can think of at the top of my head. And that's Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, it makes it really clear that Moses was a prophet. And he faced persecution from all sides, from what God had commanded him to say, from Pharaoh to his own people, the Jews. But however, Moses was not martyred. He went through some really rough times and hard times. Even his own sister would, would really criticize Moses, and she would... God would curse her for that. She'd come down with leprosy. The duties of the preacher, you asked, are not just limited to the preacher. And I want to make this point as we wrap up this podcast here in a few moments. The duties of the preacher are not limited just to the preacher. All of us who say we are Christian have the responsibility to preach the gospel to everyone and anyone who will listen. We all have responsibilities to pray for the congregations and the people around us. We all should be willing and wanting to serve in any function that God has called us to do. Notice here in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Again, here is Jesus speaking. Starting in verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. Verse 37, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or naked and clothe you. Verse 39, 
When did we see you sick and in prison and come to you? And notice here, the king, verse 40, this would be Jesus speaking on that judgment day. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Jesus makes it very clear that we are, are to be ministering, preaching, teaching, helping, and encouraging those people who will seek and, and looking for God. We need to try to help them and give them directions to their lost souls. Where the job of the preacher is not to bring up things of the past, old bones, and throw in people's faces and disgrace people publicly. The role of the preacher is to encourage people in a positive way as possible. Sometimes that doesn't come across that way. Being the preacher is, is not a person who is above the congregation. He should not be one full of pride and a big ego. He is the one who is to be serving as well. Spending eight hours in the office trying to put together sermons and phone calls and marriage counseling. That might be some of the modern day roles that denominations have placed on the preacher. I got more done at three in the morning at the house when nobody was calling and I had quiet. There was no noise in, in the city or the town that I lived in to speak of peaceful and quiet I got more done in the middle of the night than I did during the day why was that because I was out and about I was out visiting people I was in hospitals and nursing homes people's homes I, I was at the jails I was wherever I was needed and called to to go and help have a prayer have a Bible study uh, a baptism the list could go on and on he should be teaching others. I think this is very important. He should be teaching others in the congregations that he is serving in to replace him so that he can go plant other groups and congregations and help build them up and the cycle starts all over. He should be teaching straight from the Bible, not some book of doctrines, not some new ideas that are floating around, nothing that the government would encourage. I, I find really hard to think that it would be anything biblical coming from the government. They always have a motive, and it's not God. Oh, they want to be God, but they are not God. I hope and pray that the uh, person who emailed me this, I, I really don't know who you are. You didn't state. Uh, the email was not uh, an email that had a name in it. it probably was done on purpose. And so uh, we've actually had this question for a while. I've really gave it some really uh, hard study and thought and prayer. If there was a, a secret motive behind this email and decided it didn't matter, I was going to go ahead and put something together and answer the question in a podcast. And so 
I, I certainly hope uh, there are people out here uh, who are wanting to be preachers. I know several groups who cannot afford a, a, a preacher, and so they actually use our podcast to help them in their weekly Bible studies. I think that's really neat. I think it's a real blessing that God has allowed that to happen. I certainly hope they will always do so. And so I've heard from them several times. There's actually two groups that do that. One is it's in Colorado. The other one I I won't say where because um, they kind of asked me not to. So uh, anyway, I I hope and pray that this podcast has encouraged you that you'll become a regular listener. If you are not, that you will subscribe to us. You will hit that like button, follow us. Um, please pray for us as we really, really want to continue to do this uh, podcast. Uh, there are several people in the family here that really uh, helped me put this together, make, helped me make time to, to put this together in our busy schedule uh, with all the work, holidays, you name it, just like you, we have a lot on our plate at times. But we just have to set that aside and say this is what we're going to do. Being a Christian is not easy. It is, it, it, you have to have skin in the game, you have to have sand, have grit. There's a lot of little different terms I've heard over the years. But you have to have that determination and that desire to study the Word of God, to be in prayer, and try to find a group, a church group, no matter how big or how small, that is completely teaching the Word of God. And that's the, all they want. They just want the Word of God. They don't care about other things outside influences. They're going to read the Bible and interpret it and study it and let the Bible do all of that. I want to thank you for listening. I, I really appreciate that. May God bless you. And may he have the glory.